Welcome to this week's episode of the Fourth Day Podcast. My name is Bailey. I'm an intuitive healer, holistic health coach, and this week we're talking about self-love, baby. Let me set the scene for you guys. I just got a dirty chai latte, one of my favorite coffee drinks, a little self-love act. It is rainy out. It is dreary out. It is cozy. So if you want to get on my wavelength, go ahead and pour yourself a tea, maybe get a snack, get cozy, or just get in the vibe of feeling cozy because we are talking about self-love. And we're going to discuss what self-love is. We're going to talk about some mind architecture for feeling out of love with yourself. We're going to be talking about different rituals and prompts to get you feeling in that self-love mood. But before we do that, I invite you to pause for a moment and just take a moment to capture what your wisdom of self-love is. Because one of my greatest experiences of self-love is checking in with my own inner knowing. We live in the information age. We live in a time where everything is accessible to us all the time. Information about what self-love is on a list, a practical list of how to improve it. But what is your own experience with self-love? Where are you at? on us rating from one to 10 with experiencing self-love for yourself? And what are the things that you want to include in your day-to-day that can rev up that self-love? Cultivating self-love is definitely, like all things in the healing process, a journey, not a one destination. It is a continuous experience opening yourself a little bit so that you can feel deeper supported, deeper in love with life and expanding yourself. My own definition of self-love is just about supporting yourself. How well are you supporting yourself? How well are you loving yourself? We are so quick to think about how much we are doing for other people, how much we're showing up for other people. It's really easy to be the hype girl for other people, but are you being the hype girl for yourself? Are you supporting your celebrations? But not only your celebrations, are you supporting your growing pains? Are you supporting your shame and your distrust and the not so pretty parts of yourself. Part of self-love is accepting all parts of yourself. But I want to talk about the opposite of self-love to just talk about some different experiences that I have been in and maybe it can shed some light on your own experiences of self-love as well. One of the main experiences that I've ex- I've had with lack of self-love is being in this experience of scarcity, which to me is like 
the exact opposite of self-love, right? This feeling that there's not enough, but not enough just on, not just not enough on a physical or a monetary lack, but this feeling that there's like this emotional state of feeling like you are not enough, like feeling like you are not doing it fast enough. You are not literally doing enough. You are not pretty enough. You are not whatever. And I even hate saying that, to be honest, because our words are so powerful that when we are speaking them, our mind starts to believe it. Like it's so easy to look for evidence of our limiting beliefs of not feeling enough. It's so easy to look for evidence that shows us, oh, yeah, that person showed me this and that is evidence to, towards this false belief this towards this limiting belief but when you look at the grand scheme of the reality of the situation you can find some mistruths in there you can find that this experience that you had with this one person is not how everyone else in the world is right the universe wants you to experience abundance And there are certain triggers and experiences of scarcity that sometimes we need to go through in order for us to get on that track of self-love and in order for us to get on that path of abundance. So when we're operating from a scarcity mindset, from feeling like we're not enough, we're operating and in, in inadvertently sabotaging our potential. Because we think that we're not enough, we're basically putting in place different protection mechanisms because if you take the risk, if you take the risk of being vulnerable and open with someone and they still don't accept you, then what does that mean about yourself? So you're not even taking the risk of being open to the thing that you really want, which is a deep, meaningful, intimate relationship, but you're not even taking that risk to get there because you're scared that you will, you're scared of the success of that. You're scared to be vulnerable in that space. So we're sabotaging our potential. And in turn, when we're not taking these important risks, we're sabotaging our joy we're not able to express our creativity. So getting from a space of scarcity to abundance is going to help you not only with your goals, but just your overall well-being, your overall happiness. But how do we get there? How do we get from experiencing scarcity to experiencing abundance? And one of the things that I like to think about with scarcity, to me, One of the things that scarcity stems from is this idea of pedestaling or competing with other people. It's this idea of idolizing others. It's this idea of feeling like others are the better ones. And competition is not inherently harmful, but it can become toxic when it stems from not feeling enough and when it stems from fueling this unhealthy comparison mindset. So start to recognize where 
your competition is an expander and when it becomes this scarcity experience. So yeah, there can be healthy competition that's like expansion for your growth, which is you seeing someone have basically what you want and there's that competition to go and reach for that. And that can be the catalyst for growth. That can be an expansion for you. But when unhealthy competition arises from scarcity, it seeks to elevate yourself by belittling others. And this puts us into a scarcity mindset because it creates this narrative that we are on different playing fields. So it's about switching the narrative from me versus them to recognizing that we are all one, to recognizing that what you see in others is a mirror to yourself. So if you see something that someone else has that you want, it's like your higher self showing you that your desires are there for you to experience. If they could have it, you could have it too. And shifting out of competition is recognizing that when someone else wins, it's a win for you too. It's a win for you because you can see your expansion in them. You can see your catalyst for growth in them. I feel like competition arises just because of our mind's ability to contrast things, our ability to like basically see that there's a mic in front of me and to not bump into the mic and to be spatially aware of the difference of things. This helps us with our discernment. This helps us with finding our values, finding our place and our purpose in this world. But it can like stretch to the extreme. It can stretch from seeing all things as different. And it's important to come back to the body, come back to the mind and recognize that we are all mirrors to each other. We are all experiences of the same consciousness in each other. All humans experience the same set of emotions and journey in some way or another. We all have totally different experiences, but there are people in the world who are experiencing the same thing as you, who have the same goals as you, and who are actually doing that. So yeah, like that contrasting nature is can be used to your advantage. I also wanted to talk about pedestaling people because this is something that I see all the time when it comes to competition. It's like this idea of idolizing others and almost like I like to think of it. I remember one time I had met this influencer online and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so like nervous to hang out with them because they're so cool and they're on this pedestal. and. I was comparing my life to their highlight reel, which I feel like pedestaling people happens in social media, but it can also happen in real life because we want to show our friends our best self. Like we're not showing up to every relationship with our heart on our sleeve. Some relationships, some experiences like social media or like getting dinner with friends, like we're showing up and we're showing up as our best self. We're showing up as our funnest self, as our most magnetic self as our most abundant self. And so we forget that behind the door, there are flaws. There are behind the scenes experiences of making these people human. And 
sometimes the things that they do and things that they say are uh, have nothing to do with you. I think pedestaling happens too when maybe you don't hear responses from people. Maybe you don't get attention from people. Yes, it, it it creates this idea that you know they're they don't like you and that you're on a lower level than them and therefore they are on a higher level for you. So recognize if you are pedestaling people because there are flaws in what they are doing. If they are not responding to you or you're not giving you their time of day, it could have nothing to do with you. Like people have their own life going on. And a lot of us to think that other people are thinking of us nonstop, but really we're all thinking about ourselves. Even in this example, it's like, what does it mean about me that this person is not giving myself time? What does it mean about me? You're not really thinking about the other person. You're feeling into your own hurt, your own pain. Oh, that actually brings me to a really good point. We're feeling into our own pain. That is another experience of the opposite of self-love is this idea of romanticizing our pain. I know for me, like this was a really big experience in high school and after college as well. These experiences of deep depression stem from this feeling of like almost being addicted to pain, like wanting to endure, wanting to experience the depths of my pain. I don't know. There was like, whenever I talk about it with my clients or whenever I think back to my experience, it's like there was some part of me that was like, I feel like I deserve to go through this because there's some shame that I can't share with the world. And that's just so false to think that we cannot share our experiences with the world. The world needs our darkness just as much as it needs our light. And so this experience of being addicted to experiencing pain, it's not really serving you once you get past a certain point. Like I, I do believe that there is a need to experience pain in order for you to extract the wisdom, in order for you to basically up-level your experience because that's what pain does. Like at pain, as much as pain hurts, it also is something that forces our change in this world. And in turn, it eventually up-levels our experience if we take it from a conscious perspective. But once we get past that experience of experience, once we get past experiencing that pain, it's about setting the emotional boundary with it. It's about creating the goals. It's about fully experiencing that so that like naturally there's a boundary. Like you don't need to go past that point of experiencing that pain because you've already felt it somatically in your soul, in your brain, in your mind, in your soul. Everything that you can experience of that pain has already been felt. So you already don't need to go ahead and deal with it. Sometimes that happens. And sometimes there are things that we just create a distance from because it's like, the self-love means that we continue to choose ourself, not our pain. The self-love means that we continue to choose ourself, not the failed relationship, not the 
experience of wanting to be liked by others, not the experience of wanting to be like someone else. Yeah, it's about choosing yourself time and time again. It's about choosing the shame and sharing to experience that with the world, not just on your own, because there is so much there's so much enlightenment in those growing pains. There is so much experience that the world wants to have with you. And that is self-love to me. Self-love is also about just like showing up for yourself on a day-to-day basis, like showing up for yourself and not going straight on your phone and not eating shit food and not like staying on your screen all day. Like going outside and experiencing a nourishing life and taking the actions towards your goals. Like self-love can also be discipline, but it can also be just listening to your body and recognizing that sometimes you have these goals of wanting to be really disciplined, but sometimes listening to your body is what you need to do before you get to that discipline. So again, self-love changes on a day-to-day basis for me. I would love to hear where your definition of self-love is and like what you think about it. But when it comes to different rituals, one of the most like powerful things that you can do for self-love is mirror work. Like even when you were having these experiences of the dark night of the soul, crying and being in this experience, can you show up to the mirror and still be that loving, supporting, kind, compassionate self for yourself? Can you show up and just do one thing for yourself? Can you show up and tell yourself that you are worthy of love and happiness and appreciate yourself for where you're at. Self-love also connects to relationships. So if you're not loving yourself and you think that you are unworthy, then you end up trying to be. So when you're not loving yourself, it it shows up in so many different parts of your life. When, when you're not feeling enough, you go, you're going to receive that mirror in some way in your relationships and your experiences. And one way that shows up is not experiencing that emotional intimacy with your partner, not experiencing everything that you want in relationships. All of that is stemming from self-love. If you're having trouble in your relationships, look to yourself. The common denominator in all of your relationships, if there's any patterns in your relationships, it's yourself. I know that was the case for me. Like I went through a series of relationships that were just basically showing me that I needed to go deeper into loving myself. And so maybe it's not about a specific, maybe it's not as black and white mirror, but like, where does their experience of loving you, where does that show up for yourself? Like, how can you love yourself in the way that you crave from your partner? How can you love yourself in the way that you love your partner. So there are so many things that you can do for self-love. Like I talked about in the beginning, like one way to experience self-love is like just giving yourself a little treat when you want, giving yourself that dirty chai latte when you want, giving yourself a delicious meal when you want. But they also can be about affirming our worthiness, affirming our love for ourselves, and 
just different actions that affirm our love for yourself. This can be through like nourishing yourself. This can be like showing yourself, showing up for yourself on a physical level, taking yourself to the gym, moving your body, getting sunlight, getting in nature. It can also mean devoting yourself to the discipline that you need to towards your goals. And at the same time, looking at that discipline and recognizing where you need to be gentle with yourself, where you need to be compassionate with yourself and where you need to be fluid and in flow with yourself, like not adhering to such a strict set of values that a strict set of discipline that it like creates the opposite of self-love. It creates like this pressure. It's like holding that discipline and compassion and worthiness and flow and fluidity all in the same hand of breath, if that makes sense. I've talked about this on a previous podcast, but one of the most powerful ways to change your subconscious when it it comes to anything is about looking yourself in the mirror and showing up for yourself, doing mirror work, doing having the conversations with yourself that you're craving to experience, having the conversations with yourself and telling yourself what you need to hear. Like telling yourself, I am worthy of love and happiness. I completely love and accept myself. I appreciate myself for this. I love myself. And using prompts like this can guide our thoughts towards more self-love. And just looking at ourselves in the eye, it's a really powerful experience. Like even when we're in conversations with friends, like we can find our eye like going off to the side, maybe avoiding that eye contact. Because this is a window to the soul. This is a window to our subconscious. And the more that we are connecting with that on an intimate, sacred level, the more we're able to accumulate that substantial change over time. So consistency, consistency, consistency. I promise you, if you stand in front of the mirror for five minutes a day and affirm to yourself what you desire... Affirm to yourself that you love and accept yourself completely. Affirm to yourself that in the present tense, you have everything that you desire. Your life will change dramatically, dramatically. And sometimes it's not about going straight from zero to 100 with these things. Like sometimes it's about choosing affirmations and choosing self-talk that you believe you're actually capable of because you want to feel it with your whole body. You want to experience that affirmation with your whole body, not just as an idea, but as, okay, this is really true for me. Yeah, it's about connecting with that and yeah, doing that mirror work every day. And you guys know the other self-care rituals that and invigorate your self-love, doing the self-care rituals like taking yourself for a bath, whatever you need. We've explored the concept of scarcity, pedestaling people, unhealthy competition. We've explored competing in general and rituals for self-love. And all of these are elements that influence our journey of self-love. But it's about finding what you need for self-love. So let's remember that this is not just a buzzword. Self-love is a conscious choice that we make every day. And it is one thing that really starts how we actually become. 
our habits, our self-love for ourselves is who we become. And so remember that you are always worthy of love. You are always worthy of your own love and that you are enough. Okay, I'm going to give you guys a journal prompt for you to think about self-love. And I want you to write a love letter to yourself. I want you to write a love letter to your body, to your experiences, just to yourself, appreciating all that you do for yourself and see how that feels for you. See if you can appreciate even the shame, even the pain, even the growing pains and just allow that to exist in totality. As well, you can do other prompts like what are different practices that you can do for self-care in the coming week? Um, What are different strengths that have helped you get through difficult times? And what are experiences that highlight joy in your life? I feel like one of our guiding stars, our North Star for authenticity, for abundance, for self-love is like what lights you up? What brings joy to you? Follow that whatever that is. And without further ado, guys, that's all I have for you today. Thanks so much for listening. This is the Fourth State Podcast. Please review on all platforms. It would be so kind, so helpful. If you're wanting to go deeper into this, this is what I have one-on-one coaching for. One-on-one coaching is about meeting once a week. I give you access to my online portal And we discuss any shadow work, any inner child healing, any conscious relating work, any different experiences that you need to experience. It's a really bespoke experience. So whatever you are going through in your life, we look at that and we look at the root cause of that. We look at the patterns of that and uproot and transmute those behaviors. So if that's something that you're interested in, You can apply through the link in my bio, the link in the podcast and the podcast episode description. And yeah, I'm so excited for you guys to experience more levels of self-love, more experiences of abundance. Thanks for listening.